furlong. All of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. I see. Uh-huh. Hello, and good morning, everybody. Thank you for kicking off your work week with me. Good morning, everyone. I'm Scott Prather. Welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank on a cool Cold Monday where we have plenty to chew on here, guys. A lot. Cajuns ranked uh, 24th and 25th in the two top 25 polls. Win the West again. Their head coach, Billy Napier, is unsurprisingly on every single list a website puts out of potential candidates for South Carolina's job. We just fired Will Muschamp. Dustin Johnson wins his first green jacket. Hail Murray, Hail Mary, Hail Murray, the Cardinals quarterback with an improbable win. I didn't see it because I was watching the Saints in a weird, strange win, but at what cost kind of game against the Niners, Drew Brees' ribs. I've never seen Drew look so depressed. We're here to dig into all of it this morning, everybody. Billy Napier coming up at 7.15. He'll be chatting with me about the Cajuns win and other stuff. It's all coming your way. And then we'll have open phone lines after that. Um, Going to wait and, and talk a lot of Cajun football coming up at a quarter after when we bring Billy Napier on. Start with what we saw yesterday. The Saints beat the Niners. They got off to a horrendous start. Luckily, they were playing the Niners who were like, you know, running out their JV squad with all the injuries and backups they had. Fortunately for the Saints. Um, And, you know, they win by two touchdowns. They cover the spread. If you just looked at the final score, didn't watch the game, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 27-13, all right. If you watch the game. Yeesh. Drew Brees gets slammed to the ground on a sack where Cesar Ruiz just got just, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. You get an F on the player grade for that play. So Brees gets slammed and looks uncomfortable after was grabbing his ribs. Still led the team down the field for a score after the questionable roughing the passer call. Probably not a great one, but. There were some other calls on the drive that should have gone against San Fran that didn't. But the reality is, you look at that drive, you know, he threw a couple of short ones to Kamara, but he also hit the one to Traquan Smith, and the ball came loose after San Fran just had a dirty hit, shoulder to the head, gave Traquan a concussion. But he actually looked pretty sharp, fumbled the ball on a play at the goal line, tosses it out to Kamara, who walks into the end zone to score his second of three touchdowns yesterday. And then, this, the, you know, they go into halftime and they come out and he's, you know, does a couple of warm-up passes, goes over to Sean Payton and says, I can't do it. My body just won't allow me to do it. And then he sat on the sideline with his helmet off 
and I mean, excuse me, with his helmet on, never even took it off, and just looked. I mean, we we've seen we've seen Breeze come out of games before. He's on the sideline when he's on the sideline. Anyway, he's looking at the you know the Microsoft pad. He's looking at different play designs. He's talking to the other players. He's talking. That was not the case yesterday. I mean, he sat there with his helmet on and he looked sad. He looked sad. And then in post game, he comes out and and talks about the upper body injury, and we'll you'll hear that audio later in the show, but. I've never seen the guy look so distressed. I mean, he he looked like he was on the verge of tears. And I'm not saying that lightly. Because he's the most upbeat, positive human being and player that we've seen over the years. I mean, there are losses that are just like gut-wrenching to Saints fans. And Breeze will come out after and he'll just, just remain positive. And that was not the case yesterday. It's like an MRI, an X-ray is coming later at some point this week, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, I don't know. But he looks like he knows that something is wrong. Really wrong. And if that means it's Jameis Winston time, uh, Jameis Winston might be the future or he might not. He could probably start a game for the Saints next week. But we're not really going to know any of this based on what he did yesterday. We don't know how Breeze is going to react to having broken ribs. We're not. I, I'm not going to make a judgment on Winston's ability within the Saints offense based on the 34 snaps he took yesterday. Remember Teddy Bridgewater week two last year against the Rams went in after Breeze injured the thumb and was like, eh. This isn't going to work. And everybody overreacted. You can't do it. You got to play Jameis. You got to play Taysom. You can't put it. And then Teddy went 5-0. and The situation for a guy that's long been a starter and just now you're, you're practice and you're leading the scout team, it's a little different. You can take a couple of throws and say, oh, man, that's just, that's bad. That's bad. I mean, those those sky throws to Michael Thomas in the end zone, nowhere near him in the red zone, he can't play. You can't do that. Just wait. Just wait. And Winston took a pair of sacks in the fourth quarter. One of those was allowed by Cesar Ruiz. I don't know. He wasn't remarkable yesterday. But it's not time to make judgments yet. Um, Cesar Ruiz did not have a good game yesterday. Tough game. He's got to get better. Um, Taysom Hill had a pair of fumbles, one of which was lost. He needs to get that situated. Jared Cook was pretty quiet yesterday. And it's weird. They won by two touchdowns, and yet, you know, Lattimore leaves with an injury. Josh Hill leaves with a concussion. Traquan leaves after a dirty hit and a concussion. And, of course, Drew Brees' ribs. You know, can, can the Saints... Do the Saints have depth? Can they can they win with Jameis Winston for a little while this season? Uh, th- this is going to taste this test the Saints' resolve. They've got a lot of depth. 
But if the future Hall of Famer, you know, I mean, in 20 years, has he ever pulled himself from a game, ever? The answer is no. I think that's why folks are super worried right now. I mean, back in 2010, the guy had a torn MCL in his left knee and didn't miss a game. Didn't miss a game. Last week, he came back early from the thumb injury. Positive the whole time he was out, it's going to happen. So if he pulls himself out, yes, when everyone says, I'm worried it's something really serious, I, yeah. That somber tone and demeanor was very, very telling. This isn't like, oh, well, you know, you, you, you replace the quarterback, you move on, just like the same way you, you replace the tight end and move on. No. For the Saints, they all said to a man before the season, every player on the team, it's Super Bowl or bust, and you can't win a Super Bowl if Drew Brees doesn't come back this year. He might. He might come back this week. He might come back next month. might come back in seven weeks. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see him Sunday against Atlanta. I don't. I don't. This team is talented. They're balanced. They have a lot of depth. And if you lose Breeze for a little while, with Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, and Philly coming up on the schedule, maybe it's manageable. But losing him for a significant portion of time, no. Sean Payton's got a really, really big challenge in front of him. Really big challenge in front of him. We'll see. For Jameis, I mean, he's got an opportunity here to to earn a big contract from somebody, whether it be the Saints or someone else. The door's now open for him. Kentavious Street, 287 pounds, planted on Drew Brees on the turf, and that might be the biggest play of this season. To this point, I think it is. I think it is. ESPN1420.com. C.J. Gardner-Johnson also left the game with an injury, though he said afterwards he thinks he's going to be fine. He was great yesterday, by the way. That was his That was his best game as a pro. I mean, to be able to make plays when you're going as quickly as he goes downhill, it's huge. It's huge. Now he has some pretty dumb penalties, but outside of that, he was really big yesterday. Jay email says, I'm predicting three to six weeks for Breeze being out. Winston's going to be all right, not basing anything on yesterday's performance. You know what? I'd take that. And you're right. Nobody should base anything on yesterday's performance. Let's wait until we see him start, get a week of reps with the first team. Again, think back to Teddy Bridgewater week two when he went in against the Rams versus what he did the next week against Seattle. Game plans. ESPN1420.com. This is the great Scott Show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Be safe out there, everybody. Cold Monday morning. We uh, don't have any. There's one vehicle accident to report, I should say, 20 minutes ago. Uh, 2909 Northwest Evangeline Three-Way. There is a vehicle accident being reported with injuries, so be safe out there. Police are on the scene and uh, medical staff as well assisting. When we come back, the Razor Cajuns win the West. Again, get off to a good start, something they've been looking to do. In the driver's seat right now, but still got a lot more in front of them, a lot more goals. Billy Napier, his name's in the news. He'll join me next right here on The Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420 and .com. 
business owners, did you know 81% of consumers search for Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. <laughs> Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. And comes in motion. South Alabama rushes five, and there's Raising. the handoff to Smith to the outside. Ten, five, touchdown, Louisiana. Yeah, they use the motion in a formation to indicate the coverage. South Alabama's in man coverage. Hitting them on the crease with the run. So much for throwing for success early to be able to run, huh? Yeah, you know, like I said, they're probably going to come out and run the football. Yeah, every, every, every play. Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. All right, everybody, welcome back into the program. As promised, joining us now here on ESPN 1420, the head coach of Louisiana's 24th ranked, 25th ranked, depending on which poll you look at, Rage of Cajun football team, Billy Napier. Good morning, Billy. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. How you doing? I'm great, man. It's a, uh, we got some cool weather out there and, um, you know, you guys are, are coming off of a win on Saturday, another, uh, another West division title. I know that you, you take things a day at a time, but you also have a list of goals Winning the West Division, if you have a, a, a you know a chalkboard and you're you're ranking your goals, where does that one rank each year? Because you've been able to do it three years in a row. Well, I think at some point uh, you got to start there. You know, I know uh, leads to the end goal. You know, which has always been to win our conference and win our league. Um, you know, I was really really proud Saturday with how we responded you know we challenged uh, our young men to really our veteran players uh, to play their best football you know and I think when we go back and watch the tape uh, that's what we see you know the best that we have in every position group uh, on offense defense special teams we had some really got some a lot of players really step up and play well uh, you know from my perspective against the run, the defensive line. In terms of how your D-line played when you compare it to the other games this year, where would you rank Saturday? Well, I think when you when you stop the run, um, you got to play team defense. You know, I think uh, playing defense is, is very much uh, about communication. It's about all 11 players working well together. You know, it's a big puzzle, and you got to get uh, – the entire thing right you know and I thought we got really good to play at all three levels of the defense and there's no question at the top of the list was to stop the run you know for two years in a row against that group we struggled with that and um you know I know for coach Tony and the defensive staff uh, we worked really hard on it I thought they had an excellent plan Uh, we simulated a lot of those looks in practice for the players and uh, they they had the right frame of mind. I think you got to have the right mindset to go out there and stop the run and play the run that well. Rage occasion head football coach Billy Napier, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. You, you got 14 points in the first quarter. You got 28 in the first half. And I know that the week before, no points in the first half. Scored 27 in the second. But getting off to that good start offensively, 
Um, the, it, it felt to me like Saturday was the best you guys did in that regard uh, because you get, you know, you, you get out the gate and the wheels kind of get turning. And from there, it seemed like you guys were really able to do some of the things offensively in the first half you'd been wanting to do. Right. And, you know, big picture as a team, uh, we felt like against South Alabama, one of the keys to victory was going to be starting fast and getting a lead, right? Making it, uh, try to get out in front of those guys and make them play left-handed a little bit. Uh, we've allowed that team to hang around a little bit in the past. And, um, you know, they've shrunk the game, allowed them to keep handing the ball off. And uh, we certainly needed to get a lead, make them one-dimensional to some degree. Uh, and it worked. You know, and I think when I watched the tape, you know, offensively, uh, some of our best uh, played their best. You know, I was really proud of the offensive line. I thought the tight end room, Johnny Lumpkin, was outstanding. Um, I think Levi was as sharp as he's been. Uh, and then I think we're seeing these young skill players uh, to tight end receiver, you know, really uh, start to become the best uh, that they can be. So we're trying to get hot at the right time. You know, I think that's been our – mantra here and uh, we still got a lot of work to do uh, but we're trying to play our best football at the end of the season what do you attribute most to you guys being able to get off to that solid start offensively compared to some of the other games this year where it's taken some time well i think the staff did a really good job um conceptually i thought we were in some good stuff uh, and we had a good strategy you know i think that um you, know, you start there um and then I think it's all about ownership for the players. You know, I think um, there was something a little different in the air last week because of the implications uh, for the division. You know, I thought we were sharper. Um, there was much more focus and urgency. I think we respected the, the team we were playing, and we realized uh, that this was a big game and, we're you know, we needed to go play well. So, you know, oftentimes it comes down to your attitude and your mindset. Um, you know, and I think we had the right one on Saturday. How do you duplicate that this Saturday? Because you've got an FCS school coming in. It's senior day, but how do you how do you as a coach and as a staff get those players and keep their mindset right out the gate the same as it was on Saturday? Well, that'll be the challenge. You know, we talked a lot to the team yesterday about it. Um, I think big picture wise, um, if you really do a deep dive into central Arkansas, you know, uh, you've got to respect the way that they uh, put that program together and some of the competitive games that they've had in their history. So, uh, they've got good personnel uh, for that level of football. You know, they've got a corner that got, just got a senior bowl invite. Uh, they've got a number of players that I, I think are could play in our league. So I think the film gets their attention. You know, secondly, it's it's senior bowl. And, you know, I just really believe in this game, you only get to play so many times. You know, I think uh, we work 24-7, 365. A lot of time and effort goes into this game and, and our team for the players, you know, much less the staff. And I think for them, uh, it's an opportunity to relish – you know, play in this game, man. If you really love to play, it doesn't matter who you play. 
Rage Occasion Head Football Coach Billy Napier, our guest, ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. When when going back to Saturday's game, when you've got the twenty-eight to ten lead at the half and things are going well, how different is the approach at halftime when you're you're still making, I imagine, in-game adjustments, but things seem to be working right. So just I guess in layman's terms, how different is it? Compare it to perhaps the week before when you don't have any points on the board yet and you've got to make a number of adjustments. Well, I think the uh, you know the big thing is we we talk a lot about um, you know trying to get better at our processes. You know, I think so. We we stick with the same routine. You know, I mean, we we meet as a staff quickly, talk about the good and the bad. You know, maybe anything different, anything we need to get corrected. Um, and then we go meet with the players uh, individually, um, and then I'll talk to them briefly before we get back out. But uh, you know, I think that it happens quickly. You know, I think we made, uh, we still, you know, although the score was what it was, we still uh, several mistakes in the game. You know, I think so. You know, you stick with that process and that routine, and then I try to go back out. You certainly are managing the game a lot differently. You know, being ahead about three scores. So, you know, we've been there before. Last year, there was lots of situations like that. But uh, you try to get them in the right frame of mind, zero to zero. You know, go back out and, and start fast again. Percy Butler had a big game, coach. I mean, a sack, tackle for loss, uh, interception. Seemed to be very active. Uh, heard Jay Walker call his name a lot on the broadcast. I was producing the game here in the studio. But um, for this young man, you know, the junior out of Plaquem and his impact, not just uh, if you could speak to his impact on Saturday, but just what you've seen out of him as he's assimilated as a college football player. Yeah, you know, Percy was a member of the first class that we had when we when we got here. And, um, you know, Percy contributed that first year. You know, I think in the first year he was here, it became very obvious that, uh, he had height, length, and speed. He had really good instincts. He could do everything that we would want a safety to do. Um, I thought he took a, I took, I thought he took a really big step last year uh, in year two under Coach Tony, just in terms of production, uh, really having a good understanding of what was going on out there. Um, you know, he's a good special teams player. Does a great job on our cover units um, this year. Seen a little bit different side of Percy. You know, we really, uh, the big uh, thing for him has been to be a better leader, a better communicator, uh, more vocal, uh, and set an example with the way he works and the way he studies film and, and doing all the little things the right way. And he's done that. You know, he's really had a presence on defense. He's a great competitor on game day. Uh, he can do it all, and uh, we're certainly glad we got him. Coach Billy Napier, our guest, Kenny Amadares, uh, five for five on PATs, hit the field goal. I know you said it was going to be a you know competition and practice leading up to it. Does he now have a, a spot on top of the depth chart, or is the kicking position still week to week for you? No, I think he'd definitely be the leader in the clubhouse. You know, he's going to have to go. Um, you know, have a rough couple of days to lose the job, but uh, in general, Kenny's. Kenny's been doing this for a while. You know, we, we, um, I think Coach Dish has done a nice job technically with Kenny. He's always had ability, 
But to see Kenny kind of settle in and be a consistent performer, I think, has been huge for our team. Um, and it's part of the big puzzle here, right, in terms of getting this team to play its best is uh, the plates kicker issue has been, you know, a little bit of an Achilles heel the first half of the season. So to see him kind of uh, come alive and really uh, be a guy that can do his job on a consistent basis, I think it's going to be huge for us going forward. Sticking with special teams for a minute, Coach, the uh, the fake punt call, uh, what did you guys see on film? It it seemed from my angle that it, it one guy for South Al just got off the block. It looked like it was set up well, but that's just me, you know, watching on a computer screen while I'm in here listening to the radio call. So um, give us the inside into that. And uh, obviously, it, you know, Wiggins fumbled and you guys didn't get the first, but what, uh, what went into making that decision and then just kind of dissect how it all played out for you? Yeah, I think in the team meeting Saturday when we went over that play, I think we got more oohs and ahs than any other play that we reviewed. You know, we we um, we had exactly what we had practiced. Um, really had the potential to go the distance there, go for a touchdown, but just a you know small margin of error there and make a mistake, uh, whether we're not reading the block or we didn't execute the block correctly. Um, you know, again, it takes uh, to have a successful play. It takes eleven players doing exactly what they're supposed to do, and we didn't do that. That's as simple as I can put it. Uh, but it was a well-designed uh, concept, and certainly the right time to call it against the right look. It just did didn't quite get executed the way we'd like it to. Rage Cajun head coach Billy Napier, our guest. How are you guys uh, in the health department coming out of that one on Saturday? We're, we're good. We're good. We, um, you know, nothing major. You know, I think your typical bangs and bruises. I think, um, I think it's another indicator of the job Coach Hockey, Coach Richards have done uh, with our players. You know, going all the way back to the spring and summer. You know, in a very unique situation. Um, I think those guys did a terrific job, and for the players have to have the commitment and the discipline. To work maybe when in a little bit different circumstance, I think is paying off for us. We talked about it back in the spring. You know, our discipline and our commitments got to be our advantage during times like this, and I'm hoping that it can be here down the stretch. It does feel like the last couple of weeks, Coach. You guys have come out of these games pretty healthy. I know early in the season, whether it be COVID or some some injuries here and there, you were shorthanded. But from a depth standpoint, you've had. Not not your complete roster, but uh, for this point in the season, it seems like you've had the bulkier roster the last couple of weeks. We're getting there. I think the continuity is helping us. You know, I think we're coaching the same group of players every week in the same roles. You know, I think that's the that's where we've struggled a little bit is in some position groups having continuity. Um, but I, I do think that we're benefiting from that. Right, we're benefiting from. Um, these kids that really bought in are trying to do things the right way when it comes to COVID-19 and in the normal physical things that we would get from football, uh, we've, you know, we're living right, I guess I would say. ESPN 1420.com, Coach Billy Napier, uh, our guest. Coach, um, you played your high school ball in uh, Chatsworth, Georgia, which is just right up there in North Georgia, right on the South Carolina border. Played your college ball at Furman. Uh, your name is... 
on the uh, the internet, I don't know if you know, on various websites as, you know, candidates for open jobs, South Carolina's job is open. Do you have any comments when your name comes up um, around the internet in the world of college football when a job opens up? Well, you, you guys have been around me for a couple of years now. You know I'm not going to comment on those things, but I do think any time that um, a member of our team gets recognition or is uh, well thought of out there, I think it's a direct reflection of hundreds of people. You know, I mean, we've got so many people that work hard in our organization and on our team, uh, all the way down to the people that clean our building and, um, you know, the, the walk-ons on our team that never play. You know, we got a lot of people that take tremendous pride in their role. And for us to be where we're at and have success and get recognized and be in those conversations, I think, if anything, it's uh, humbling and a, and a direct reflection of lots of people. So, uh, you know, my only that's fo- what I think about it. My only follow-up question, Coach, is would, is it something that you ever – is it ever a distraction for the team? Is it brought up or is it just always in the shadows and not really talked about? No, I, I don't think it's, you know, I, I'll, I'll address it if I think it's an issue, but you know, it's not an issue right now. We got work to do and we've got a, a lot of things on our mind here trying to get our football team to play the best it's played this year. And there's a lot of, a lot of work left to do. You know, we're a little over halfway here and, um, you know, that's where our focus is at. ESPN 1420.com, Raging Cajun head coach Billy Napier, 24th-ranked Raging Cajuns, taking on Central Arkansas this Saturday, 1 a.m. kickoff from Cajun Field, 11 a.m. pregame here on ESPN 1420. It'll be senior day. Uh, you know, senior day, coach, uh, is, is always an emotional day, but this year, you know, the seniors, I guess if they wanted to come back and you wanted them back, it, it's kind of all there. This is this maybe the uh, the most unique senior day you're going to have been a part of? Yeah, it is going to be a little bit unique. You know, we're going to go ahead and have the same routine that we typically would have. And then as those guys make decisions down the road, what they're going to do, you know, we'll kind of have ways to announce that. You know, I think it's uh, a little bit like if you got – several underclassmen that could declare for the draft or, you know, make a decision to move on. Um, so we'll handle them individually, you know, but there's no question Saturday we're going to recognize this group of seniors that we do have. Um, and I do think it's a special group, you know, when you, when you take a good look. So I always love this day, and uh, it's important. Uh, not only to those individuals and their families, but I think it's important for the rest of the team to understand the significance of playing, you know, your last home game, you know, and certainly some of these guys may decide to come back, some may not. So we're going to treat it the same. And then as those decisions are made down the stretch here, we'll kind of announce those guys and let them handle it the way they'd like to handle it. Uh, Levi Lewis saying last week he was planning on on coming back next year. Uh, is that something he he talked with you about beforehand, or is this you know do you do you support him when when they come to you and say, Coach, I want to come back? Do you listen? Do you give him advice? How does that process play out in a year as unique as this one? Well, I, I think uh, we've known that for a while, you know, 
I think Levi, being who he is, when he got asked the question, he just told the truth. You know, um, probably gonna, you know, caught the media off guard, but I think he's known for a little bit. He's coming back. We talked about it. Um, certainly, he talked it over with his family, and uh, you know, we were ecstatic that you know he made that decision. So, I think um, you know, Levi, you know, the guy's always trying to get better, and. Uh, I think he he really loves playing the game. He loves his place, you know. And I think really relishes the opportunity. You know, it's a great time of your life, and I think he's got enough perspective and maturity to understand that to get to do it again uh, is a pretty special opportunity. So yeah, yeah. Um, I senior this year, next year, whatever it might be, it's uh, it's a great opportunity, like you said, for a lot of these guys. If uh, if it is indeed their decision, but he's known for a while, as you said. Um, what was what was your senior day like? Whether it be in high school when you played for your father or uh, or at Furman University, what are your memories of that day? Man, um, you're taking me way back there. Uh, I think um, you know I probably remember my last games, you know, more than I did senior day. You know, I think um, I knew I wasn't a pro player, you know, so I knew it was going to be the last time I put a helmet on. So those were pretty special, you know, for me. Um, You know, I think especially uh, college, you know, when I love to play now. You know, it's probably got a lot to do with uh, why I coach. It it certainly contributes um, because I love to play, but – you know, it's emotional, man. I mean, it's a, this is a game that you play uh, your whole life to some degree, and you really enjoy all that goes into it. I think probably the part you miss the most is being a part of a team, right? You know, having a role, being a leader, contributing to a team, working towards something uh, as a group. You know, there's a lot of time and effort and relationships that goes into that. So that's what I remember the most, Um more than anything. When when did you know you wanted to be a coach? Was that something at a young age, watching your dad, or did it come when you were in college? When did you know you wanted to be a football coach? Oh, I mean, as, as long as I can remember, you know. I mean, I, when I was young, you know, I was in my dad's hip pocket, you know. He was my hero. I watched him every day. wanted to do what he did. I didn't think I'd coach college ball, but I knew I was going to be a football coach. I thought it was going to be high school football for forever. So, um, you know, I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. And my final question, Coach, how much do you cherish having been able to play for your for your dad? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, there wasn't, wasn't nothing easy about it. I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, you know, at some point there, you figured it out, you know, and I think it made me better, you know, because you wanted to, you wanted to have a role. You wanted to get to play. You know, I, w- I wasn't a great player. You know, I was just trying to battle my butt off to even get a chance to run out there, you know. So, um, you know, I think that was the main thing. And then, you know, he was, he was tough, um, you know, which is, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today without that. So 
I loved every minute of it. Good stuff. Coach Billy Napier has been our guest. Coach, I always appreciate you joining me on Mondays. All the best, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, Scott. Thank you, man. Thank I'll you. I'll see you around. Good stuff from Rage Occasion. Head football coach Billy Napier. And, um, you know, asking him about his name being out there as it is and was last year and is on various websites now. He's like, look, you know, I'm not going to get into that stuff, but, you know, he says, I don't really talk about it unless I think it be, starts becoming a distraction with the team. And right now, doesn't sound like that's the case or anything like that. But as, uh, you know, other jobs potentially open up, Cajun fans, you can expect to hear his name attached. That's what happens when you got a really good head coach. And uh, the Cajuns got a really good head coach, and they're getting ready to uh, go for win number eight next uh, next week, this upcoming Saturday against Central Arkansas, 24th-ranked Raging Cajuns on senior day, taking on the uh, the Bears, and then it'll be a game at ULM the Saturday after Thanksgiving and then Friday night, December the 4th, against App State. And then after that, hopefully these games all go off as scheduled, and then after that they'll prepare for a game on December 19th, either at Cajun Field or in Conway or in Boone. The Sunbelt Conference Championship game. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Talk more about Cajun football, Coach Napier, and you'll get to hear ish, Drew Brees. Never heard him so somber in my entire life. Did you hear it? Did you see it? You'll hear it next right here. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420. John Wayne Prejean of John Wayne's Body and Paint talks about making your car shine. John Wayne, we always use the wax. Scott Prather, a football one scored nine touchdowns in a quarter in Tecmo Super Bowl. It's the Great Scott Show on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. back into the great scott show the great sports callers open think tank espn 1420.com and the espn 1420 app traffic update for you vehicle accidents being reported uh, about 732 at ambassador caffrey and state etn road in broussard uh vehicle accident at 155 manchester circle police are there assisting that one reported 10 minutes ago and six minutes ago at melanie lane there is a stalled vehicle sheriff is there assisting be safe out on the road everybody thanks for uh letting me join you for either your morning commute your daily routine wherever you're listening to me whether it be right now live here from the roofing louisiana espn 1420 studio or perhaps on demand via the great scott show podcast on anchor spotify and other podcasting platforms thanks for tuning in 
Dustin Johnson wins the gold jacket. His wife Paulina there, his brother, his caddy, tearing up. Austin starts crying. Dustin's never been one to emote very much, right? So whenever he says, it's just a dream come true, man, it really is hard to believe a dream come true. That's like the equivalent of somebody being like, woo! I mean, getting really, really excited. And, yeah, he won it, and there weren't, you know, fans there, but Patrick Reed didn't have any fans when he won it two years ago. I think a lot more people were happy for uh, Dustin Jackson getting his first – Dustin Jackson. (laughs) Dustin Johnson getting his first green jacket yesterday, his second major championship, and and setting a a record – Lowest score ever on the course at Augusta and tied a record for the lowest score ever for a major championship. 268, what a performance by DJ, man. You know, it it, it was weird having the Masters in November. Right now, next year, I mean, look, it's scheduled for April 8th. Not that long, long away. But like hearing Jim Nance in November when you got football on other channels and you're awarding a green jacket and there's, you know, some family there and a, a few, you know, personnel, but not all the fans. It did, it did feel a little weird and you didn't have the, the drama. I mean, look, DJ has been in, in majors before where he blows multiple stroke leads. That was not the case. Yesterday went into Saturday with a four stroke lead and then just wins it by five strokes. I mean, you got a tie for a second at five under. And uh, most years, 15-under is going to win you the Masters. And and this year wasn't even close. And Jim Nance just had to keep hammering the line. 20-under in 2020. He can set a major record here with under 21. No, but why would you do that when you can get 20-under in 2020? We get it, Jim. We get it. I know you like the line. Say it once. I don't need to hear it seven times, okay? I don't. I don't. ESPN1420.com. Speaking of emoting, I'm worried about Drew Brees, you guys. I mean, have you ever seen him like that? He was on the sideline with his helmet off near nobody. I don't know if it's because he felt like he let his team down, his coach, whatever, but he pulled himself out of a game. He hasn't done that in 20 years in the NFL. Not a single time. He played with a torn MCL for six weeks in the 2010 season. And then the late Kenny Wilkerson was reporting on it, and Sean Payton got really mad because he didn't want the word to get out, but it did. We knew it happened, and he still... Gutted it out, played through it. So when he's pulling himself out of a game, you're like, oof, something, something's off here. And credit to the Saints PR staff for making him available after the game to talk. And credit to Drew Brees for doing it, but he I'm telling y'all, he looked you can see the whole thing over at ESPN1420.com, but he looks like he's on the verge of tears. I mean, I I pray this isn't it. I really hope this isn't it. Drew Brees after the game. Drew, can you just tell us what happened um, to your uh, injury and uh, why you were able to why you pulled yourself from the game? Um, I, I I was not going to be able to be effective. Um, 
It had nothing to do with pain. It was simply just what my body was going to be able to do or not be able to do. Next one's from Amy Just. When did you, I guess, realize that um, at halftime while you were in, um, like right after you got hurt or, you know, when you were uh, taking some time away? Yeah, you always, you always, you always worry about halftime because you sit for so long, you know, and so um, when I came out in the second half and, and started throwing the ball, um, it became really apparent that um, I wasn't going to be effective. Next one's from Rod Walker. Hey, Drew, what was that last, um, I guess, eight minutes and 42 seconds of the first half like for you then? I mean, you battled through it. How tough was that for you? Yeah, I mean, listen, that's part of the game, you know. Um, but uh, just, you know, trying to take advantage of the opportunities that we had. Um, just doing whatever we could to, to, to try to get the lead before halftime. Obviously, we didn't play very well offensively in that, uh, in that first half. You know, the first quarter, I think we had three plays. Um, you know, we had our, we had a three and out, and then we had another three and out early second quarter. And so it, it didn't start well for us, but then um, our defense stepped up and played fantastic from you know, the second quarter on. Um, we got some big plays, special teams. We got a big kick return. Got a couple uh, plays on, uh, on punt team uh, that were huge in this game as well. And so, you know, all around, we just – Found a way, another way to win as a team. You know, it wasn't pretty, but we found a way. Next one's from Nick Underhill. Drew, do you expect this injury to be something that affects you this week? Is it short-term, long-term? Can you, can you tell? Because I'm just taking it one day at a time. <laughs> um, I've done that this entire season, and I'll continue to do that. I'm not sure what tomorrow holds, but um, you can know I'm going to do everything I can to, to be uh, as effective as I possibly can come next week. Next one's from Larry Holder. Drew, having been able to work with Jameis uh, throughout the season, how much do you feel like he was prepared for being able to come in and play kind of on the fly? Yeah, listen, I, I thought he played great. Um, listen, that's, 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 a tough, that's a tough job, you know, especially when uh, as elaborate as our game planning is, you know, on offense especially, um, to come in and, and be able to execute that offense is very, very difficult, um, especially if you're just you know, kind of coming in midstream. I mean, had been had a, 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 a big chance to really get, you know, uh, get all the reps and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I, listen, I thought he did great. I thought he did great. I thought he um, had great command of the huddle and, and everything, you know, kind of went off without a hitch. Obviously, um, you know, nothing's perfect, but um, I thought he made some, some great throws. I thought he made some really good decisions. And, um, and obviously took advantage of the opportunities that, that, that we were given out there. Next one's from Doug Mouton. Uh, Sean said that uh, your injury didn't get better at halftime. Was it something that was stiffening up? Is that kind of what it was? And you maybe cramping up some kind of That's a good way to put it, yeah. Um, listen, I, I, I can't really describe it um, other than it was, it was preventing me from doing my job. Next one's from Catherine Terrell. Kedra, you said um, it wasn't about pain, but are you in serious pain right now? Uh, I wouldn't call it that, but but um, it's just something. It's definitely something that needs to be dealt with here. And uh, the official designation was that it was a rib. I just wanted to clarify that that was correct. That was what you're dealing with. Yeah, and yeah, I mean it's it's a cumulative 
thing. Probably not just one. Next one's from Mike Triplett. Uh, Drew, uh, apologize if this was already asked, but when you were playing through it at the end of the first half, you just felt a little more comfortable or you were even questionable about coming in and doing that? And then how good it, did it feel to have that two-minute drill drive uh, before you left? I actually felt terrible before the two-minute drive, but just had to find a way. Next one's from Brett Martel. Drew, could you tell us a little bit about the hit on which you were injured? Um, obviously, they were flagged for it. Was it your impression that it was a foul? And then when you talk about doing everything to kind of be effective next week, it sounds like you don't believe it'll be a long-term thing. But I don't know if that's if I'm reading that the right way or if you really know. No, I mean, nothing's a long-term thing. Um, it, it's just a matter of how long it's going to be. Um, and, and honestly, I really, I really don't know. Um, it's not something quite to this extent that I've experienced. So, like I said, I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Um, you know, the hit itself, I, I heard the official saying that, you know, it was, uh, you know, by rule, you know, he drove me into the ground, and that's, that's, uh, that'll bring a flag. Last one's from Amy Just. Yeah, and it wasn't just you that went down today. Uh, lots of guys went down today. Uh, Traquan, uh, Josh Hill, you know, you can name like eight of you. Um, how um, important is that, that no matter who or how many of y'all went down, that y'all still found a way to win today? Listen, I think it says a lot about our team. It says a lot about our coaches. It says a lot about uh, our grit and determination. Um, and, and listen, time and time again throughout this season, we've had moments where, where guys have been down at key positions and other guys have stepped up and done a great job or those around them have just you know, elevated to a new level. And, and once again, that's what happened again today. There you have it, Drew Brees. After the uh, game yesterday, very somber, very down. Said, look, nothing's long-term. It's just a matter of how long it takes, whatever that means. That's some interesting wordplay from Drew. I hope this isn't it for him. Uh, anxious to hear what happens, results of that MRI and X-ray. I'm sure every big NFL insider in the league and those in New Orleans are all going to be trying the first, trying to be the first to, uh, to report it. But I don't know if it'll be them or maybe the Saints will come out with something. What's the timeline like here? Got a lot more audio for you next hour. Uh, Jameis Winston, what he had to say, will uh, replay some of the Billy Napier interview, at least planning to, depending on where we're at with time. Uh, more on the Masters, NFL Week 10, Hale Murray, my goodness. And uh, open phone lines at 269-1077. Cajuns ranked in both polls now following their win. Billy Napier's name is... Not surprising at all on lists like it was a year ago with various open jobs. The latest coming up is South Carolina as they parted ways with Will Muschamp. But um, if you want to dig into any of that, questions, comments, sound off. I want some good takes this morning from you guys. Keep them coming. Bring them in hot. Let's go. Second hour of the Great Scott Show comes your way next, ESPN 1420. Oh, come on again.
streaming live worldwide at ESPN1420.com and via our free ESPN 1420 smartphone app. Go get it. Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420, KPEL, Lafayette. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome in. The Great Scott Show. Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. How we feeling, guys? Phone lines are open for you this hour, everybody. 269-1077-269-1077. Cajun's back. In the coaches' poll of the top 25, they were already in the AP poll last week. They move up to 24 in that one. They are now 25 in the coaches' poll. And I can probably count up to 25 different websites that are going to list Coach Napier's name anytime a P5 job opening comes about. Because I saw it yesterday when Will Champ got let go at South Carolina. I said, okay, here we go. Let me, let me, let me go go check social media and see how Cajun Nation's doing. And sure enough, it was, ah, oh, I'm not so great about this. Look, I, I don't live in the moment, guys. That's, that's what I have to say to you. Live in the moment. Just live in the moment. Your team's ranked. You're seven and one. Senior day's coming. Like it live in the moment. You have no idea. I mean, last year Coach Napier had some really good offers. He said, I want to stay at UL. And he did. Any year that he is here, he's going to be mentioned on various websites and reports of, okay, this school's interested. Folks say, well, you know, South Carolina, he grew up in that area and right around there. Okay. Early potential candidates. That's as soon as a as soon as there is an open SEC job, those lists are going to come out. Whether it be uh, you know, football scoop, who lists Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina, or Hugh Freeze, or Steve Sarkeesian, or Shane Beamier, or Billy Napier, or CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd. Who says Freeze is the quote leader in the clubhouse, but also lists a number of candidates? Um, you know, Pete Thamel of Yahoo. Going to list them right now. All it means is that hey, there's a job opening here. Let's go look at some of the best coaches in the country. Let's do it. ESPN1420.com. 269-1077, 269-1077. 
Uh, you can email me as well, scott at ESPN1420.com. Uh, some emails here. This one comes to us from Terry. He says, Scott, what was Muschamp making at South Carolina? I think he was making – I don't know what the, the buyout was, but he was making $4.37 million. If you go look at the uh, USA Today database of salaries. Um, let me see if I can pull it up exactly what the buyout was. Muschamp, the buyout was – holy cow. Okay, so he's making four point three seven million, and the school buyout as of today over fifteen million dollars. Ooh, that's a lot of money to pay someone to go. See, these buyouts are big, though. What if a team wants you? What if a team wants to hire you away from a school? What's the buyout like? Mike Mark Stoops at Kentucky makes five million a year. His buyout's over twenty three million dollars. That is crazy. That's nuts. And then you've got guys like Jimbo Fisher, who's at like $53 million. And Of course, you know, that's, that's about as much job security as you need right there. Um, that's wild. Uh, Billy Napier's buyout, for those that are curious, is uh, $4.6 million, $3,229 per USA Today. But just live in the moment. Enjoy it. Who knows? Who knows what comes next? Who knows if... Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what comes next for the New Orleans Saints? Well, we don't. But my guess is you're going to see Jameis Winston for a bit. Maybe the rest of the season, but I hope that wasn't it for Drew Brees yesterday. If you just asked me to judge on his body language, I would tell you there's a possibility. Let's find out exactly what's wrong. Get that MRI and see how long it would take to recover. But is Jameis Winston ready for this Saints uh, for this Saints audition? Is he ready for it? He has the chance to earn himself a whole lot of money. A whole lot of money coming up next couple of weeks. Because the Saints get Atlanta twice. They get the Eagles. I mean, this the schedule schedule's favorable, guys. The schedule is favorable. All right. You're seven and two. You're atop the NFC right now, along with the Green Bay Packers, who struggled to put away the Jags yesterday. Yikes. You got Atlanta, then you're at Denver, then you're at Atlanta, then you're at Philly. It's three straight road games. Then things get a little tough at home with Kansas City, you know, five days before Christmas. Then you have Minnesota on Christmas. Then you're at Carolina. It it Man, Jameis has a big opportunity here, a big one. And everyone who speaks out about Winston has lauded him. Everybody in the Saints locker room. I mean, Sean Payton said he was proud of him, said he led us to an important scoring drive. And I think to make any judgments off of yesterday's performance would, uh, would, be, would be silly. What was Teddy Bridgewater's stat line against the Rams last year? 17 of 30 for 165 yards, two sacks, and a 72.2 rating. And then how much better did he play the next week against Seattle when he had a whole week of starting with the ones in a game plan centered around his style of play? Pretty big win at Seattle. They hadn't lost at home in the month of September in like a decade. And Teddy Bridgewater took him in there and got it done. 
and special teams had something to do with it, and Alvin Kamara had something to do with it, and that's what the Saints are going to have to do here. They're going to have to utilize their depth, support Jameis, and see what happens. But I am not expecting to see Drew Brees on the field Sunday. Not not just not based on the way he was acting yesterday. 269-1077. Phone lines are lit up. Let's start taking some phone calls. ESPN1420 and dot com. Good morning. Hi. Um uh, what's your take on the uh, beginning of the game with the uh, offense? Offense was uh couldn't get on a uh, rhythm. Uh even that's basically game plan. Uh what was your take on that? You talking about the Saints? Yeah, the Saints. The, I mean, you had a you had a three and out where you missed it on what, like a third and two. Um, yeah, and then you, I I don't remember right. What did you you try to throw to Thomas and it was just a little off? Yes. I mean, when you when you have a three and out, and then a team has a long drive, and then you the muff a point. punt. Muff I mean, punt. you know it. Yeah. it that's how you find yourself down to nothing, especially against a team that's going to convert a lot of third downs because they, the way they run the ball, they're going to be in a lot of third manageables, especially if they're leading a game and don't have to play a lot of catch-up. So we've seen that happen in games before. We've seen them get off to rough starts offensively yeah, um, and then really find a rhythm like they did against Detroit. Now, they never really quite found a rhythm yesterday. They just, you know, they got four turnovers. They played good defensively. They were playing a beat-up San Francisco team. Um, and Harris, while he muffed a punt, you know, he had a big return shortly thereafter. So I don't know, man. It, it it's I said going into that game that I didn't think the Saints would cover. They did by a lot, but I thought there would be an obvious emotional letdown and that it would take them a little while to get going. So I I really wasn't surprised at how they started things off. Um, and I think that would be more analysis today if it wasn't just for how that game played out. More of the focus, of course, is on the injuries and Drew Brees. But, uh, you know, you only ran 56 plays. You only had 237 total yards. Yeah. Um, San Francisco had more first downs. They had more total yards. They had more yards per play. They just, you know, I think I think what the Saints did really, really well yesterday was run defense. I think against San Francisco, you know, that's – if they can't run the ball effectively, especially with Nick Mullins, they just I don't think they can win. And the Saints did a great job of uh, getting into the backfield, being disruptive, and of course, you know, getting two special teams turnovers and two defensive turnovers that helps in a big way. Um, but you know, I don't know. The whole game just just everything about yesterday's game felt weird. That's just what I keep coming yeah. back to. It just yeah. it just it just uh, felt. They, weird. they also had a, a muff punt. Oh, they had two muff punts. That's what I'm saying. They had two. Yeah. 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 As I'm saying, two special teams Um, turnovers and two picks. I meant San Francisco, you know, turning it over. That's that's why it was a it was a two score game in the end. I mean, I I don't really from it I I won't I would not take a single offensive thing from yesterday's Saints game from a New Orleans standpoint and try to make any kind of judgment off of it. Like not when Breeze was in there, not when Winston was in there, not yesterday's game. That's uh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, uh, Winston. Uh, speaking of Winston, um, you know, he kind of started off kind of well. You know, a couple of those short passes, um, and then on the two sacks, man. What, what was your take on that? Like, was he? I, I felt that he held the ball too long. Okay, you know, do something, throw it away. <clears throat> yeah, you but, know, uh, he his look. What's been? Then he almost threw a pick. I'm what's, sure that. What's, I'm sure what's the, been uh, the biggest? Oops, 
what's been what's been his biggest downfall as as an NFL quarterback? It's trying to do too much and turning it over. And I, you know, yes, he needs to learn to throw it away. But I don't know. At some point, when you're up by uh, two possessions, I mean, I'll take the sack. Just don't turn it over. Um, I I, I want to see what he does with a a week running with the ones, a good game plan, and playing a defense that he's accustomed to seeing in Atlanta next week. Yeah, and that's um, that game's in Atlanta. Uh, that game is in uh, New Orleans, I think. Okay, New Orleans. All right, because um, I was if it was in Atlanta, that's basically a home game for him since he's from uh, Birmingham, the uh, or the Birmingham area. Um, yeah, man, uh, the injuries. Speaking. Of, uh, <sighs> So you think, well... The Saints got yeah, beat the hell up yesterday. Weeks. I mean, Drew's going to be out, I think. You say six weeks. We'll see. Um, no, three to six weeks. Three <laughs> to six. I mean, Josh Hill left. Marshawn Lattimore left. Traquan Smith, that was that was a dirty shot on Traquan. Um, you know, that, that, that could be a bad concussion. Uh, yeah, I mean, and Gardner Johnson, you know, he actually spoke to the media after the game and said... You know he he's he's going to be fine. He plans on playing. We can we can hear some. Yeah, he had a great him. game. Man. That was his best like game was, as a pro. He like he was everywhere. <laughs> that was his best game as a pro. This, for this sure. man was everywhere. Um, yeah, man, I'm gonna hear the I'm hear what the the locals have to say. But but um, oh man, is this to see Breeze like you said, man? Uh, is this, I don't like this. I don't either, you know, man. It's uh, it's a weird hopefully, feeling. Hopefully, hopefully it's uh, nothing, but. I don't know, man. Um, Worst case scenario, that might be it. I mean, I, 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 I hate to, I hate to even throw that out there, but I mean, I've, I've covered this team. You guys listening have probably followed this team. I mean, have you ever Worst seen case Drew scenario? Brees? Might be it. Worst case scenario, maybe he doesn't play again. Maybe this is it. Maybe the, maybe the recovery is too long, and then he just doesn't come back next year. He said a cup by. Did he say two ribs or something? He, he didn't. He didn't say <laughs> two. He just. He said it's a cumulative thing. Speaking of that, man, that's. I guess the league was hot because they threw that flag late. I guess New York said, "Oh no, you you trying to mess up the Super Bowl? Flag them. Throw, throw a flag. We we can't allow that. We can't allow players that have three shots on uh on our legends." He, he wrapped him up. He wrapped him up. He didn't hit him high. He hit him low. He just went down. I don't think he. You know the the rule technically says you can't drop your body weight on them. Well, I think you know I I, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't like the call either. Now, look, of course, there were plenty of calls they could have called on San Francisco, like the yeah, shot on Trey yeah, and stuff. But that but that that the, no, I didn't I didn't. I'm not gonna. I don't like when that's called in other games, and I've only seen it a few times. So I'm not gonna sit here and be a hypocrite and say, oh, they should have called it there. I mean, I, it's one of those deals where if they don't call it. Is everybody on social media saying, how do you not throw a flag there? The answer is no. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. kind of the barometer for me. Whereas there are other plays where they call it or don't call it and everybody freaks out one way or another. That's when you kind of know, all right, they missed an obvious one there. But I don't I don't think if they don't throw a flag there, there's, uh, there's this, you know, outcry. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, Winston's stat line? And thank you. Appreciate it. Winston's stat line for the game was 6 of 10 for 63 yards. He was sacked two times for 11 yards. Um, yeah. Kamara made some big plays there, but uh, 6 of 10. Taysom Hill did not attempt to pass, though. 
There was one pass play on a third down, and he was sacked once for five yards. Three sacks yesterday, none of them on Breeze. Well, there was one, but got flagged for it. And, uh, you know, Taysom, that's a couple of fumbles now. He needs to hold on to the ball. 20 minutes after 8. ESPN 1420.com. Uh, you can tweet the show as well, at ESPN 1420. All right, stay tuned. We got some more post-game audio for you. Hear a little bit of my interview with uh, with Billy Napier from last hour. We'll play some clips of that for you later this hour as well. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, how are you feeling? You left the game with an injury. How did you feel about your performance yesterday? You'll hear from C.D. Deuce next right here, CSPN1420.com. Need a job? We've got them. Lofton Staffing Services has immediate openings for security guards, warehouse workers, order pickers and fillers, landscapers and groundskeepers, shipping clerks, general laborers, and logistics coordinators. These are great paying positions, working for great companies. You can work full-time or part-time. There's no fee. And at Lofton, you get paid the week you work. Call Lofton Staffing Services right now at 269-0500. That's 269-0500. Lofton Staffing Services. If you own a small business, you know how hard it can be to find new customers. But maybe you're unaware of new tools that can help your business stand out. Go to townsquarelafayette.com now for a free market competitive analysis that will show you what other businesses are doing to find new customers and how you can do it too. There's no cost and no obligation. Be one of the first business owners to sign up and receive $500 in free advertising on this Townsquare media station. Get started today. Call 337-317-5214 or visit townsquaremedialafayette.com. You like your burger medium well? your peanut butter crunchy, and your mattress firm. It's the little things that make you, you. And you deserve a Medicare plan that fits your unique needs. That's why United Healthcare is offering more plan options than ever, so you can find just the right plan for you. Call 1-800-362-8715. That's 1-800-362-8715 to get Medicare with more. Remember, Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. You've always turned to Butterball for a delicious Thanksgiving turkey. And this year is no different. Because no matter what your celebration looks like, Butterball will be here to make it special and easier every step of the way. Visit Butterball.com to get all the tips, tricks, and inspiration you could hope for. Or you can always call our turkey talk line at 1-800-BUTTERBALL. So whether your celebration is big or small, look to Butterball to make it special, easier, and oh so good. Butterball. All kinds of good. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) 
Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. The ESPN 1420 app is waiting for you to tap it. One little finger, one little finger, one little finger, tap, tap, tap. Listen to Louisiana Raging Cajun Sports, along with the best sports talk on the bayou. Tap that app. Let's go, let's do it. The ESPN 1420 app, available for download in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. What's up, sports fans? It's your boy Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Uh, thank you, Zion. Welcome back into the show, everybody. Zion Williamson, Pelicans. Drew Holiday. Trade more. What's what's going on? The Pels will be in the news a lot this week. The NBA draft is Thursday. Is it Thursday or is it Wednesday? Jeez. Thursday night? Um, We'll probably have that coverage for you uh, on our airwaves with, uh, with the draft coming up. In the meantime, phone lines are open. 269-1077. 269-1077. You can email the show as well, scott at ESPN1420.com, or you can uh, tweet the show at ESPN1420. I'm coming to you live from the Roofing Louisiana ESPN studios. Yeah, NBA draft this Wednesday. There you go. We'll have that one for you on our airwaves following the uh, the word with G Wednesday night. CD Deuce, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. His best game as a pro, right? Right? I mean, hands down. The guy who uh, others call a pest because he constantly gets into the uh, mind of his opponents. Been punched by Michael Thomas, got hit with a helmet on against the Bears. A friend of mine once said, does he have a punchable face? He doesn't, actually. Some guys just have a punchable face. I mean, we've got to be honest. You just the way you look. It's just, you know. No, it's, he doesn't have a punchable face. He's a hell of a player, man. Yesterday, he was all over the field. Left with an injury. How is he feeling? He spoke yesterday after the Saints win. Natural question. Uh, how are you feeling after after that one? Uh, going down, getting back up, that type of stuff. Man, it was a flash, but I'm, I'm just happy we got the win. We got guys that come in and step up regardless. So I'm just happy that we went out there competing and have fun. What did it mean to you that Alvin like walked all the way over to you when you were down 
and helped you back up and uh, maybe said something to you. Just to, it showed you that everything that we had going around, like it's a lot of stuff going around my name when it comes to a pest guy, a fighting guy, and all. Like my teammates got my back and I got my teammates back. So it shows like you won't do that just for me. You do that for everybody. And I'll do that for anybody on my team. So it don't matter. You see, when we do something good, we all react how everybody come on the field. So it's not just an up and down thing. It's just something that we always do. We got each other's back. Next question's from Jacques Doucette. Uh, they let a few more fans in the Superdome today. Uh, it still feels pretty bizarre. I mean, what was it like out there, even with just a few more? Did they help you at all today? <laughs> Man, I don't, be honest with you, the fans that we got, the best in the league. So the more we got out there, more make it harder for defenses. I mean, offense to go out there and read and hear what's going on. But just going out to get your feet set, playing within yourself, and then the, 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 the fans are just off, off the wall. You know, they're gonna do what they do regardless. So we gotta just go out there, have fun, and give them something to chip up. Next question is from Mike Triplett. CJ, uh, you, you guys obviously had a really big performance last week, but but it was a route. Is this was it important for you guys as a defense when needed when the offense was struggling a little to really put your stamp on a win like this and, and and say you can carry them once in a while? I know you did that a couple of games when Teddy was getting his start at quarterback last year too. We put our stamp on this game regardless. We don't just worry about the offense. We can't play offense. We got to go out there and play defense. So when we got the ball, we're gonna go out there and just stop them. So we get it back to Drew, Jameis, Taysom, we're back there. So they can get to our playmakers. So them getting off slow, mm, it happens. It's football. You gotta get you gotta get your feet set up under you. See we win it, came in the game, came back in the second half, put up points, stopping them. So we just we feed off each other. And it's a team thing. Next one's from Nick Underhill. So I, I got two. I'm sorry. Real quick, just the, the first one, my internet cut out and I didn't hear your answer. Did you say you're good, you're healthy? Like it, the injury's nothing to worry about? I'm good. I ain't worried about that. <laughs> uh, and, and then the second one, just the way you guys have been playing on defense the last three, four weeks, but really the, the last two, do you feel like you guys are beyond some of those eye discipline issues in, in the fundamentals? And do you feel like you're really starting to lock in now? Everybody, we know what issues we got. We know what we got to do. But to answer your question, we're just locking in. We're getting settled. We're trying to become a great defense. We're not trying to be good. We're trying to be average. We're trying to go out there and just do our job and not let nobody down. So, we ready to go out there and compete next week. Let's go. Do you feel like you guys are working towards that that level of greatness you're, you're holding yourself to? you feel like you see the steps towards that? If you see me past two weeks, you'll answer that yourself. So, I mean, I don't like talking. I like to go out there and play. And that's what we've been doing is giving y'all results after – I don't know how many people talk about this defense. I mean, we feel like it's a slap in the face and disrespect that how people just think – we just going after a couple games. Nah, we just we just getting better. We just getting started. We're all set. Thank you. There you have it, CJ Gardner Johnson, speaking to the media after that one. We'll uh, we'll hear from Jameis Winston here and in, uh, in just a minute. Uh, emails. This one comes to us from Carl. It says Scott, is it just me? I'm really worried about Jameis Winston. He didn't look too confident out there yesterday. There were a couple of near picks. I guess I'm overreacting, admittedly, just worried about Breeze. Can you talk me off this cliff? Uh, well, first of all, it's just football. Um, you know, I, I know you're probably just speaking metaphorically, but you can get back from the cliff. Um, and 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any, I wouldn't put any stock into the performance yesterday in the offense in the second half. 
Uh, I wouldn't. Um, you know, it, it, I saw it, I saw it unfold last year. I remember being on the radio week three. Um, remember being on the radio like Saints coming off a loss to the Rams. Drew Brees is out. Probably going to be six to eight weeks, and it was kind of just like, up oh, all is all is done. The season's over. Oh no, what are you going to do? And then Teddy came in and went five and zero. Oh, but he came in in that game against the Rams and was seventeen to thirty for one hundred seventy two yards. And everyone said, "Oh, you can't do that. It's not going to work. We're doomed." Now we got to go to Seattle next week. And then they did, and they won. And then they kept winning. And you had game plans more catered to. Teddy Bridgewater. Now, one difference I think that Teddy had that that, that Jameis currently doesn't is Teddy, you had Michael Thomas at 100%. Michael Thomas was so good during that stretch, and Michael, you know, he missed the bulk of the season with an injury, still looks like he's working, you know, through some things. And Teddy didn't have 100% Alvin Kamara for that stretch, which is something Jameis will have. He did have 100% Kamara for that game against Seattle. Uh, but those are those are some things to consider. But I would, I'd wait, man. I'd wait, and uh, let's see what we have going forward. But, you know, in the meantime, let's hope uh, Drew isn't out for too long. But, again, based on that body language and uh, watching him and hearing him talk about it, I think you're going to be seeing Jameis at quarterback for a little while for the Saints. Head back to the phone lines, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Hello. Well, good morning. Hi, Kyle. Well, another nice win. Uh, yeah, I, a win's a win. It's nice. I don't know, man. It feels kind of weird today. Well, I mean, they won with their defense. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does feel kind of weird when they win with their defense, but that, it is what it is. Uh, what's the word on Drew? Well, the word is he's getting an MRI and an X-ray uh, at some point, and uh, I'm sure we'll learn more after that. But I'm just I'm just basing things off of how he looked yesterday. Um, the fact that he pulled himself out of a game, something he hadn't done in 20 years. Watching his whole press conference, which if you missed it, you can see it on our website. But I mean, he just looked like he was on the verge of tears. I mean, I've never seen that guy so subdued and just somber. Um, so I think there, I think there's something pretty serious there happening and, um, I don't know when they're going to get him back and we'll learn more later this week, but I would be surprised if we see him this week for sure. And, and maybe, maybe this month, to be honest with you. Okay. So we're speculating. Oh yeah. I'm 100% speculating based on, based on body language. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and, well, uh, and, and no, history well, and history as well and history as well. You know, I mean, the guy, the guy in 2010 played with a torn MCL for, you know, two months. I mean, this guy, he's not the kind of guy that's going to pull himself out of a game unless it's serious, in my opinion, based on history. Yeah, but your girdle, you, you, that girdle he's got on could have been too tight and it made it feel like something was broken. That no, wasn't, no. I mean, well, on, you won't know until it gets until it gets all that garb off. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we don't know if it's ribs or shoulder or what. It's ribs. He said it was ribs. Oh, okay. Well, ribs can hurt like hell and be better in two or three weeks. Well, that he said it's not a pain he, thing; it's a body thing. It's a what? He said it's a body thing; it's a cumulative thing. He can't do what he needs to do. It's not a pain threshold yeah. thing. I'm just well, quoting. Him. I'm just quoting Drew Brees. I mean, I, you know. 
Mm-hmm. That's all right. I mean, hey, that's why we that's why we got a defense, man. That's why we got other players. That's why we got you know the Saints have. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: the Saints have the depth and the team to sustain this for a while. Yeah. But in regards to a yeah. quote Super Bowl or bust season, I think that ship sails if he doesn't play again. Now, I'm not speculating they that he's not going to play again this year. I'm not speculating that. But if 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 Drew Brees has an injury that would prevent him from playing again this season, I don't think you're going to be. I I don't think you should be. You know, planning a trip to Tampa in uh, in February. Well, let's look let's look at it. Well, uh, I I'm not going to go that far. First of all. Secondly, uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I was so glad to see Quan Alexander uh, on the foot, on the football field a lot yesterday. And you know, here's the thing: here's where people who may not really understand the game don't really understand a player's impact on other players. But when you got a player that can get out there and get to the point of attack and do things that other players can't do. All of a sudden, it frees up guys to start looking like superstars. And I can tell you, Demario Davis and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, all of a sudden now, are starting to look like superstars. And, yeah, you can say, oh, well, it was only the 49ers. We'll see. We'll see what happens as the year goes on. It was here. both, it was both of their best. Year. It was both of their best games of the season. Period. Hands down. Davis and, and, and Gardner Johnson had their best game of the season for sure. And the reason it was both of their best games was because they had Quan Alexander covering their backside. They can do things now and take chances that they couldn't take before. And when you can do things and take chances that you couldn't take in the past because you couldn't make that commitment because you didn't know if the guy on your backside was going to cover the ball going over your head, you couldn't do that. Now they can do that. And we're going to see this get better and better and better. Uh, To me, the Saints, if they win the Super Bowl, they can thank that one trade right there because that's going to make all the difference in that defensive unit. Have a great day, Big Daddy. We'll talk to you later. Bye, Kyle. And I hope your uh, your anointed greatest Saints offensive lineman of all time, Cesar Ruiz, improves. And I think he will, but he needs to find a way to get better. He's having some issues right now. He needs to find a way to get better. 38 after the hour of 8 o'clock. Kyle is chipper today. He's happy. Jameis Winston, who showed up to a post, post-game post Zoom presser in style, wearing a coat, suit, tie, jacket, the works. Here's what Jameis had to say after yesterday's ball game. Jameis, I'm not just talking knowing the playbook and all, just – coming in on the fly. I mean, when's the last time you've even had to do that? I mean, because you've been a starter in, the, in this league and in college, when's the last time you've just had to come in on the fly? Um, probably three years ago um, against the Chicago Bears. Next question is from Amy Just. What was uh, the conversation like um, between you and Sean and Drew and whoever uh, was talking about like, okay, you're, you're going into play uh, to start the second half. Just get your helmet and go. Um, It was, it was just like that. 
Uh, so I got my helmet, got prepared, started throwing uh, because we had the first possession in the second half, and uh, that was that. Did Drew give you any indication uh, before halftime that he wasn't going to go back out? Uh, before uh, before we left out, like, he was ready to go. Um, he That was a, a on-the-field decision, and uh, and he just gave me the go-ahead, and he was uh, helping me the entire way. Next question is from Luke Johnson. Jameis, uh, if, if you had to, to just kind of change the way you're looking at things this year, uh, you know, knowing that you're only going to go into a game in these sorts of situations, and, and how, how do you uh, stay mentally sharp knowing that you are just kind of one play away at any time? Uh, just prepare the same way that everyone else prepares on this team. Um, I, I try to give everybody my all. Uh, I try to be uh, right there with Drew uh, all, along the way, watching film with him and preparing with him. Uh, so uh, I felt like I, I went out there and I was prepared to, to lead this team, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that my teammates had my back and they went out there and executed well, and uh, things went our way. Next question is from Nick Underhill. How comfortable did you feel with what you were doing, given that this was the first time in three years you, you jumped into a game midway through? Was it a natural going in, or did it take a little bit to feel the rhythm? I, I was very comfortable. I was excited that uh, that I had a, a marvelous opportunity, uh, and I just knew that my main job was to go in there and, uh, and, and do what Drew would do. So uh, just protect the football and uh, try to lead us down there and score. Next question is from Mike Triplett. Jameis, what's your sorry? What's your evaluation of, of where you are in this offense right now, and and how important is it to get to test it out on the field uh, these last two weeks? Uh, well, every day I'm just trying to get better and better. Uh, my my main job is to serve my teammates and uh, help put us in a position to win the football game, and uh, and we all fight 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 in this thing together. Uh, so I'm happy uh, that we had a great team win today. Next one's from Amy Just. Yeah, and it wasn't just Drew uh, going down. I mean, Traquan went down. Uh, Josh Hill went down. I mean, the list continues. A couple offensive linemen missed some time. So how important was that just to keep uh, the game plan ahead of you, no matter who was next to you or in front of you? Uh, we do a great job in all of our rooms of, of being prepared. Uh, and the guys that came in, include myself, we were excited. Uh, we were confident. And uh, our main goal was to go out there and get a team victory. Uh, and we did that. Next one's from Nick Underhill. Jim, it's just early in the season watching it and then today being out there with him. Just how impressive has it been the season Alvin Kamara's having and the way he just steps up every time? You know, Mike's down early in the season, Drew's down today, and it just seems like he's very reliable for you guys. Well, he, he is who he is. And, uh, and I, I'm truly blessed to have a, a, a teammate like him. Uh, he's an incredible talent. He's an incredible person. And uh, he's an incredible teammate. Uh, so when you have guys like that in your locker room, uh, that literally approach the day the same way that you do. Uh, you just uh, really uh, cherish them and, uh, and just love playing with them. Next one's from Luke Johnson. Hey, Jameis, I saw you and Drew kind of looking at the tablet together there on, on the sideline a couple of times. Um, what, sort of, what sort of advice is he, is he giving you in those moments? Is it just uh, very basic schematic stuff or – Going through the course of the game, um, like I would do uh, on, on any time. Uh, typically, when uh, the offense finishes the drives, we go over there and we look over the board. Uh, this time, uh, since you know he he wasn't playing, I was. I, I had the opportunity to just ask him some questions, see what he was seeing, and just gather information from him and try to apply uh, out there on the field. Next one's from Amy Just. Obviously, last week and this week, you went in two very separate situations, very different situations. 
Um, did going in last week, even in those final few minutes there, help you at all, at least kind of get the jitters out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, just getting that game experience uh, is, is always good. But I, I've been I've been there before. Uh, so uh, I'm just happy that I got a chance to to go out there and just help my team uh, get a win today. Next one's from Larry Holder. Jameis, how much did you appreciate Saints fans enjoying you eating the W? <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it more uh, when my teammates rallied around me and I really embraced it. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's so great to to be in an environment with such great men and women uh, coming to work every single day. Uh, they knew that was a, a, a big deal. Uh, we were happy that we were able to to sweep a division opponent, and uh, we just had to move on to this next game. There it is, Jameis Winston, who I imagine we'll be seeing a bit more of here coming up on uh, Sundays for the Saints. 44 after the hour of 8 o'clock. If you missed my interview with Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier last hour, the entire interview will be up for you on our website and the ESPN 1420 app uh, sometime between 9 and 10 a.m. You can uh, listen to it on demand then. In the meantime, we'll play a little bit of that interview including uh, when I asked him about his name being listed on various websites as a potential candidate that South Carolina would be interested in, how he deals with that, whether he addresses it or not, and senior day coming up for the Cajuns, what it means to him, some of his own senior day memories. We won't play the entire interview again, but we will play a little bit. If you miss parts of it, you'll get to hear it next right here. It's ESPN1420N.com. It's the great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN1420.com. I love that Billy Madison quote. Uh, I saw a Happy Gilmore meme that was great yesterday after the Masters about must be sad for Dustin Johnson to win the Masters without any fans there. And it was the big dude from Happy Gilmore looking at Shooter McGavin and saying, I beg to differ. No more than two years ago, Patrick Patrick Reed accomplished that same feat right here. Nice. Nice. Happy for DJ, and uh, good to see him get that green jacket. I figured it was only a matter of time. Not as much drama yesterday. He kind of just had a four-stroke lead going into the day and held on to it. It was just not a matter of if but when, and uh, he got it done and set up a record on the Masters course for lowest score ever. It was it's a hell of a performance. Weird time of year to have it, but it was good to have it, man. It was a busy weekend in sports. Cajuns win. They're ranked 24th and 25th in the AP and coaches poll. They uh, they win the Sunbelt West Division for the third consecutive season. And things are moving in the right direction. Outside of that narrow loss to Coastal Carolina, you know, Cajuns have won all their other games this year, and, and they did something Saturday we hadn't seen a lot. They got off to the hot start. They got off to a strong start. It was good. It was good. It was real good. So with that, last night, uh, Will Muschamp gets let go at South Carolina, and immediately lists come out of potential candidates that could be the next head coach at South Carolina, and you see the names like Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. I'm saying Coastal Carolina a lot. Dustin Johnson, a Coastal Carolina grad, by the way. 
but Jamie Chadwell or Hugh Freeze or Billy Napier, among others. Not a surprise to hear it when it comes out. Uh, I asked Coach Napier a little bit about it this morning when I chatted with him last hour. Here it is. ESPN1420and.com, Coach Billy Napier, uh, our guest. Coach, um, you played your high school ball in uh, Chatsworth, Georgia, which is just right up there in North Georgia, right on the South Carolina border. Played your college ball at Furman. Uh, your name is on the uh, the Internet. I don't know if you know, on various websites as, you know, candidates for open jobs. South Carolina's job is open. Do you have any comments when your name comes up um, around the Internet in the world of college football when a job opens up? Well, you, you guys have been around me for a couple of years now. You know I'm not going to comment on those things, but I do think any time that um, a member of our team uh, gets recognition or is um, well thought of out there, I think it's a direct reflection of hundreds of people. You know, I mean, we've got so many people that work hard in our organization and on our team uh, all the way down to the people that clean our building and um, you know, the, the walk-ons on our team that never play, you know, we got a lot of people that take tremendous pride in their role and for us to be where we're at and have success and get recognized and be in those conversations. I think if anything, it's uh, humbling and a, and a direct reflection of lots of people. So, uh, you know, my only, fo- I think about it. my only follow-up question coach, is: would, is it something that you ever, is it ever a distraction for the team? Is it brought up or is it just always in the shadows and not really talked about? No, I, I don't think it's, you know, I, I'll, I'll address it if I think it's an issue, but you know, it's not an issue right now. We got work to do and we got a lot of things on our mind here trying to get our football team to play the best it's played this year. And there's a lot of, a lot of work left to do. You know, we're a little over halfway here and, um, you know, that's where our focus is at. ESPN1420.com, Raging Cajun head coach Billy Napier, 24th-ranked Raging Cajuns, taking on Central Arkansas this Saturday, 1 a.m. kickoff from Cajun Field, 11 a.m. pregame here on ESPN1420. It'll There you go. There were the comments that many were uh, waiting to hear what he had to say. That was it. There's a lot of more really good content about the team, about the win um, senior day and a number of other things. If you want to hear the whole thing, it'll be up on our website a little bit later. Update from Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network on Drew Brees. Uh, Rappaport tweets that Brees suffered a rib contusion in yesterday's game and he'll have an MRI for cartilage damage today. Uh, he says through sources that New Orleans is bracing for Brees to miss time to fully heal. Um, Let's see. Rib contusion. So how long do you play with a rib contusion? It really depends on the cartilage damage. Uh, And that's something that the Saints won't know until after the MRI. I mean, they're bracing to take some time. Like bruised ribs recover the same way fractured ribs would, but a bruise takes less time to recover than a rib fracture, about four to six weeks. Um, but you need an MRI or a CT scan to get confirmed diagnosis and rule out more serious injuries like 
potential damage to internal organs. Um, but rib contusion is essentially bruised ribs. We're going to know more once we get the MRI. All we know is what kind of we already suspected is that it was going to probably take some time. And there you have it. Um, Joe tweeted me. He said, uh, look, next four weeks of Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, and Philly might be just what Jameis Winston needs to get into his rhythm and feel. He says, I'm feeling strangely good. Hope for the best with Drew. Say this, Jameis, whether he's a future quarterback of the Saints or not, will either earn himself or lose himself a lot of money coming up. A whole lot over the next month. That's going to do it for the Great Scott Show. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Deuce Wyndham of uh, the Hudak Confessional Podcast is set to join me. He's an X's and O's film study guy. He's got some thoughts. We'll uh, we'll talk to him about the um, how things look on film with Jameis, among other things. That's all coming your way right here on ESPN1420 and.com.